Next on BYU Sports Nation, who's going to start at quarterback for BYU on Saturday night? The coaches have begun to comment, but what does it mean? And what does it mean for Zach Wilson? Will he start or at least play this Saturday? Plus, BYU says goodbye to a legend. The impact of the great Paul James and what his legacy means to all of Cougar Nation, including each of us. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, October 9th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the elite Jerem Jordan. Well, other than the top button. Elite besides yeah, I, that. Yeah, I gave up on the whole top button thing. You know, if if the BYU offense can't can't score enough, you know, I'm I'm out. If BYU starts scoring forty plus a game, you know, maybe I'll resume that and finish it. I didn't realize there were exceptions to the bet. Uh there are a lot of exceptions to uh the way BYU's played a little bit in a few games. It's like, nah, I'm out. Are you ready to declare that if BYU I'm ready scores for... more than 40 points against Hawaii that you will resume yes, the remainder I will. of that bet? I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. Do we know how much was left in the bet, like two weeks? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. BYU goes for 40-plus against Hawaii. I'll and, go back to it. And the bet is That doesn't resumed. mean I have to wear a top button every day, though. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll just, when I wear a top button, I won't do it. Up. How about that? It's oh, so cheap. Well... So insert sarcastic comment about BYU offense. <laughs> Too many of those. Too many of those. I want, I want points. Let's go. Here is today's show lineup. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will join us in about seven minutes to talk about one of his mentors and the great Paul James, who passed away last night. We'll weigh in on this as well. Uh, Paul had a significant impact on why I'm here um, and a few of my fun interactions with him and, and memories that we've all had over the years. We'll, we'll share those coming yeah, up. Let me correct myself. He passed away on Saturday night. The public learned about it last night. Blaine Fowler will join us in 15 minutes to talk about who he thinks is going to start for BYU at quarterback on Saturday night when the Cougars try and end a two-game skid against Hawaii. And Lauren McLean between the lines on a journey to the Y. By the way, we need to take a journey to the Y, don't we? It requires hiking it, right? Yeah. So you don't want to do that? Well, it's a little cold now. Oh, man. The time, well, the time might be over. You're working up a sweat, man. I think tonight they're lighting the Y, right? Is that right? I think tonight, yeah, tonight Homecoming they are. week. For homecoming, yeah, that's cool. Lauren McLean and Michaela Coolahan of BYU Women's Soccer on a journey to the Y in 30 minutes as part of Between the Lines. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Again, everybody across BYU Sports Nation wants to know... How BYU will respond after a blowout loss to Utah State. And more importantly, they want to know who will run out as the quarterback for the first series when BYU takes on the Rainbow Warriors. Head coach Kalani Satake assessed a possible QB change yesterday. Just like every personnel group, um, that one probably gets a lot of attention. But, yeah, I'm open to anything. So... That's what it comes down to. Everyone will compete, and uh, we'll see who plays on Saturday. Satake continued, whatever helps our team win, he's not opposed to that change. Uh, and, he, and he shouldn't be, right? Yeah, the point is to win the game. Let's go. And he realizes that. 
Taysom Hill scored his first NFL regular season touchdown last night for the New Orleans Saints on a record-breaking night for Drew Brees. He'll add five carries for 23 yards in the win. The new AVCA poll released yesterday, and BYU women's volleyball remains in that number one spot after winning at San Diego last Friday night in four sets. Ronnie Perry had 23 kills in that match and is, again, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for a second consecutive week. And on a more somber note, the former voice of the Cougars, Paul James, passed away in his home at the age of 87 Saturday. James was the voice of BYU football and basketball for 36 years. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, let's dive into it. Who's going to start at quarterback for BYU and the Cougars try and end their two-game skid and do so on Saturday night in a late kickoff on ESPN2 against Hawaii. On coordinator's corner yesterday, the offensive coordinator at BYU in his first year, Jeff Grimes, was asked about Zach Wilson's performance over the last three or so minutes at the end of that Utah State game and what it could mean for Zach Wilson's immediate future and potential to play, maybe even start. It puts him in position to compete for that. For sure, and one of the things that we've said from the beginning is that um, we're going to play the guys that we feel like give us the best opportunity to win. And he certainly said something about his play in that moment, um, and that position, uh, just like our left guard position where we played two guys the other night, and just like um, our F receiver position when we're playing with eleven personnel, we could use a number of different people there. Each of those spots. Um, has the opportunity to play a number of people there. And so um, at this point, whether we whether we continue with Tanner or whether we, we play Zach early or whether we play Zach a little earlier in the game than we might, those um, potential scenarios are all on the table at this point. Okay. Also from yesterday's media session, Kalani Satake says he has the final call when it comes to who will be starting the quarterback, and it led to this exchange with Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune. Oh, everything's my call, so, yeah. It'll be, it'll be all of our calls, but it'll come down to me. Are you leaning any which way? Uh, I'm leaning for whatever can get us the best opportunity to win. That's where I'm leaning. Did Zach make strides as far as his three minutes in there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he came in and, and had a good drive and became the leading rusher in that drive with run, one run. So I think he did pretty good. Okay, from what you have heard there and listened to once again in those two little clips, who will start at quarterback for BYU on Saturday, Jerem? I won't be shocked either way. Um, if Tanner Mangum's the guy, he's, he's got a short leash, very short leash, uh, on Saturday. Okay, uh, but I won't be shocked if Zach Wilson is the guy either. Based on those two comments, it sounds like uh, there's going to be a competition again, like there was fall camp this week, to see who's the guy. Obviously, Zach Wilson has not had a lot of run, and what he's done doesn't merit necessarily being the starter of its own volition. But not everything that's happened with the offense is Tanner Mangum's fault, but enough of it is. You're the quarterback. You get a lot of the credit or the blame for what happens. I don't think BYU would be at fault for starting Zach Wilson. I think BYU needs to mix it up, and I think it's time against uh, a Hawaii team that uh, is 6-1. and one, But BYU is a favorite against, which is pretty gnarly, considering the way BYU's played the last two weeks. 
I think the time is now to start Zach Wilson. Why not? So BYU opened up as an eight-point favorite over Hawaii. Apparently that has climbed to like two touchdowns now. Wow. Uh, so maybe Cole McDonald definitely like is 14? not going to play. Yes. That's an incredible slide down. If Cole McDonald doesn't play, that's a huge deal for then Hawaii. that's understandable. But what if it's a freshman quarterback matchup? Like that could be a, a pretty gnarly situation on Saturday. And I think if BYU wants to sell even more tickets to Saturday's game, announcing that Zach Wilson would be the guy would be prudent. Yeah, but I don't there's think a that's com- going to happen. There's a competitive element, right? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Some gamesmanship to that. Here's what I think will happen. I believe Tanner Mangum is going to start against Hawaii on Saturday. And I'm dissecting Jeff Grimes' commentary from Coordinator's Corner yesterday that there may be a scenario where Zach Wilson could play earlier. And so to me, I'll step back and think, okay, I think Tanner Mangum starts if things don't go well early in drive one or drive two or even quarter number one because we all know how imperative it is that BYU scores early to enjoy success. And they have scored seven total points in the first quarter of the season. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a real issue. So the coaches are looking for a fast start. Perhaps if Tanner Mingham can't deliver that, then they go to Zach Wilson early. I think we'll see both quarterbacks, but I think Tanner Mangum is going to start. Yeah, I don't, and I don't care uh, who starts per se. I just want to see production, right? I don't care about being right in this, guessing who the guy is going to be. I care about getting it right. I think and we whoever, need to see... Whatever quarterback gets in, moves the chains, and, and puts points on the board, that's the guy, regardless of ego. Because at the end of the day, it's about the stretch wide, baby. It's about the team, and I know both these guys want the team to succeed. Right now, it's not working with Tanner Mangum at the helm. So if he's the guy, then he's got a short leash. And if he's not, Zach Wilson, step up. Right, and when you say it's not working, you're referencing the last two games, correct? I'm referencing generally the offense this season, looking at the numbers. Because winning is winning and losing is losing. So, I mean, the argument for Tanner Mangum is, well, he was the guy that got BYU three wins. He's also the guy that's lost the last two games by that same metric. But not by his lonesome, right? Right, nor did he win by his lonesome by your logic. Correct. So how can we pin it all on one player either way? I haven't. I said part of it is, but it's... Enough of it. Okay. okay. All right. Longtime voice of the Cougars, Paul James, passed away at his home Saturday at the age of 87. James did play-by-play on KSL Radio for BYU football and basketball games starting in 1965 until 1996 in hoops and 2000 in football with the uh, final season and game coinciding with Lavelle Edwards' final season. Today, those two are back together again. And a man who is the young sideline reporter and eventually PJ's replacement, Greg Rubel, the next in line as the voice of the Cougars now joins us in studio. As we remember Paul James, it is an emotional day, Greg. Yeah, and um, it happened Saturday night. Uh, and the first thing I wanted to know was, you know, where was he and who was with him? And uh, he'd apparently suffered um, some health setbacks very recently. Uh, family was with him and he was at home, which is where he wanted to be at that point. And so that was what I was most concerned about, that he had people around him that uh, that he loved. And uh and yeah, it's just terribly sad. Um, I mean, you know, believing what we believe, we can't stay too sad for too long. But it's just the natural thing you feel when you uh, lose somebody from this earth life. And, um, you know, you're somebody terribly special to me. And, and again, I, I only wish that I'd spent more time and more days in the last few years uh, with him. Um, I'd call him more or less regularly once or twice a year just to say, how's it going? But it had been a while. And just... Last week, I was at an event where somebody brought him to mind, and I said, oh, yeah, I've got to give him a call. I didn't call him, you know, and two days later. 
So, you know, I, I personally feel terrible about that because I had one last chance to connect with either him or his family, you know, just last Thursday and didn't take advantage of that opportunity. And uh, it was always fun to chat with him. And I would always extend an invitation to him to come to the booth, you know, just come hang out. And I said, people would love to hear from you. Even if you'd put the headset on for 30 seconds and just said, hello, if not, I, I always wanted to call play. I said, I want you to come and, you know, he, he said, no, that'll never, you know, I'll never do it. That'll never happen. <laughs> and I kept asking, kept asking, but what a thrill it would have been for people to hear him again because his voice was magical, right? Oh. I mean, you know, we, uh, I, I didn't, you know, growing up in Canada, I didn't know anything of BYU or Paul James till I got down here, but, but I found out immediately what he meant to this community and, and to Cougar Nation. And uh, when I got the chance to actually work on the same broadcast as him, it was one of those pinch me moments like, whoa, this, he's the man. And I'm I'm sharing the airwaves with the man, and uh, as I shared on my tweets yesterday, uh, I mean everything I do is tied to what he did. Everything. I mean, there's not a thing I do in terms of game prep or the physical preparation of my spotting boards and my scripts or, that wasn't something I saw him do personally. And uh, those were cherished times when we would uh, go on the road, and I'd go into his hotel room on Friday night, and we'd game plan. We'd game plan the broadcast for the next day. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were, those were uh, again, amazing times. And Mark Lyons was right there with me that whole time. And um, you'll have Mark on, I'm sure, at some point, too, to talk about Paul, his memories of Paul. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, uh, a time I'll never forget. Uh, those nine years we got to be together on the broadcast crew. And, uh, yeah, just a special man. We'll have Mark Lyons on tomorrow, as a yeah. matter of fact. Greg Rubel with us, uh, as we remember the great Paul James legendary broadcaster. I had a couple of friends that work at the national level, one at the uh, Major League Baseball Network and another that works closely with the Dodgers, and they said, hey, I keep seeing stuff pop up in my timeline about this Paul James guy. What's his deal? And I said, okay, you as people who can appreciate baseball commentary and as a Dodger fan understand what Vin Scully means, right? It would be like if the great Vin Scully had passed away. And immediately they said, wow. Okay, yeah. we, had, we had no idea. But he, I mean, it's hard to really put into words what he means just just to hear his voice what that means to BYU fans like like Vin Scully um, Paul had a, a a kind of a musical lyrical quality to his delivery and and like Vin Scully uh, Paul emerged at a time when uh, you know radio was still king in, in a lot of ways and and then people uh, grew up with him as the voice of their fandom um, and you know back then you know, every game wasn't on TV, and and uh, your your ability to enjoy Cougar sports was often uh, directly tied to your ability to get Paul's voice over your transistor radio or car radio, wherever you may be. And thanks to KSL's great signal, you often heard of the tales of people who would you know get their car to the to the nearest uh, you know hilltop or overpass to make sure they could get a clear <laughs> signal just to hear Paul call the games. And uh, and those kinds of memories are flooding through social media the last couple of days. People who literally that's how they enjoyed Cougar sports for so many years. And uh, and again, I I was honored to be able to work on his crew for nine years. And and uh, so I'd have the headset on, I'd be on the sidelines, and I got to I got to hear him, um, you know, do what I, I thought was almost impossible to do was which, which was just memorize all those names and numbers and transmit the action immediately and instantaneously in a way that was cohesive and compelling and and again like I said kind of musical almost and thought man he's just the best 
how does he do it? You know, how could he, you know, and, and uh, never thought I'd find myself in, in that kind of position because I, I didn't think I'd have the ability to do what he does. And I'm only, I'm only just filling shoes, you know. It, there, there's one voice of the Cougars, and that was Paul uh, for so many years. And, um, you know, it's impossible to do uh, what he did exactly the way he did it. A lot of people know him as the voice of the Cougars, but he was much more than that as well. He was a KSL anchor forever. He was also a voice of the youth. He was the voice of the youth before he was the voice of the Yeah, I can't imagine doing both, by the way, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) He was uh, a gardener. He was a painter. Um, Played the piano. I'll share an experience coming up where I interviewed him at his house. But he was was really witty, like really smart, kind of like to rib people and have fun. World traveler, renaissance man. I mean, he he really was a man of varied, varied interests and varied skills. Again, I'm just so – I'm so – limited in what I'm able to do in my life compared to Paul. I mean, Paul had so many abilities and 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 once he, you know, retired from from his his, you know, nightly sports anchor job and and focused solely on the play-by-play, he was able to explore, you know, so many of those other uh, he was like he was a, a a high caliber level bridge player as well. I mean, he he did so many interesting and and fun things and you go to his house and you know, it, it was just uh it was a menagerie of 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 of, of different types of painting and sculptures and uh, and 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 uh, interesting furniture and and then you go into his gardens and they were just massive and he, he was just a was really incredible. interesting yeah. guy and and lived such a really really diverse and uh, again rich life. And you talk about uh, what he meant to KSL and I've had conversations with Steve Cyphers and Craig Bowlerjack and even Jim Nance and they all talk about the great Paul James. They all went through KSL and mm-hmm. and have had their incredible careers, but they all reference what Paul James did for KSL. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was one of a kind and a giant in this community and uh, truly um, somebody that Cougar Nation uh, can treasure and cherish and have really fond memories of. And uh, again, it's just a, a very uh, a melancholy time right now. And, uh, you know, but yet ultimately it's a happiness that, I, uh, that I'm left with when I think about Paul and his life and what he meant to me and so many others in Cougar Nation, but particularly from a personal standpoint, um, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys without him. It just that's just simply that. Uh, nothing I'm doing now could have happened without Paul, and his training and his tutelage and his mentorship and his friendship. And so I owe I owe it all to him. Greg Rubel on the legendary voice of the Cougars, Paul James. Uh, coming up next, Blaine Fowler is going to join us. Thank you, Greg, for the time. Of course. But first, let's enjoy the voice of Paul James as he calls three of the most iconic moments in BYU sports history. Notre Dame putting full court pressure in backcourt with three men in backcourt. The freshman, Timo Saralainen, will inbound the pass. He will get it into Ainge. Paxson is on Ainge. Ainge still in backcourt, dribbling behind his back. Ainge comes down, goes all the way in, puts it in! Ball at the 14-yard line. 31 seconds to go. It is first and 10, BYU. Hamilton and Stinnett in the backfield. The give is to Stinnett. A pass back to Steve Young. Young at the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! A trick play! It is third down and three at the 13. Bosco again, back to pass. Stands in the pocket. He's in trouble. A flag goes down. Bosco throws into the end zone. Touchdown to Kelly Smith, but there's a flag down. Kelly Smith caught a TD pass, but there's a flag down on the far side of the field. It is being rolled. A touchdown, Kelly Smith.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight on BYU TV, breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's tonight, 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, however, and why ever you want. We're going to keep doing that. Are we? Yeah, okay. okay. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't really want to do it. <laughs> Our question of the day. What will you always remember about BYU broadcasting legend Paul James, the OG voice of the Cougars who passed away on Saturday night at Trib Tom Wharton answers on Twitter. I went on a cultural exchange tour to Venezuela with Paul in the late 1980s. If memory serves, He stayed with a very wealthy family, but he made friends with the gardener who taught him a game. Paul's curiosity and love of life and people were amazing. I went to Paul's house as a uh, student reporter here, and uh, I was amazed, as Greg described, at his house, the culture in his home, littered with his paintings. I mean, you couldn't see the wallpaper. You couldn't see the wall. It was his paintings. And his garden, it was like it flowed into his house. It was unbelievable. I've never seen a house like it. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More memories of the great Paul James on the way, including now from Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion at BYU. You just heard Paul James call that touchdown pass from Blaine's good friend, Robbie Bosco, to Kelly Smith on the left side of the end zone there at uh, now Qualcomm Stadium. Blaine, what's your favorite memory of the great broadcaster, Paul James? So no, it's, it's, it's always... Uh stuff on the airplane because they traveled with us back then on our charter flights and Paul was uh, Greg used the word renaissance man I heard that that's perfect description you know some people say oh this guy's a jack of all trades but a master you know he, he's a jack of all trades but a master of none not Paul James he was a master of everything it was unbelievable how proficient he was in so many different areas of his life. He he wasn't just a jack of all trades. He was a master. Uh, like his ability to paint was unbelievable. His appreciation for music, he was musical and his appreciation for musical was at a whole other level. He was and then the thing I remember most though is he was a magician. Like he could do card tricks and sleight of hand tricks <laughs> and he would entertain us coming home from games. So we, of course it'd have to be a win. If it was a loss, we had to act like we were really upset, but, but we didn't lose very often. Lose very <laughs> no, we didn't lose didn't very lose many very times. Bad. Like, so, so we had that stretch there where we lost the opener, um, against uh, Baylor and then didn't lose the rest of that season. Didn't lose the whole next season and went into the next season and didn't lose. So we didn't have to act like we were sad ever. And, and Paul would be there on the plane and he'd come back and we'd always have a group of us gathered around and he'd he'd be doing a card trick and he would just it was baffling we would go no paul tell us how you did did that and he'd say nope magician can never give away his secret (laughs) what sorcery is this so so he was he was an amazing man that was he was part of the team he was part of the team when i played and then was right right till um the very end when he retired and and when i started in broadcasting 32 years ago he was always very encouraging to me you need somebody who's a Who's the man to tell you you can do this, man? You you have the talent to do. It. You can do that. He would give me little tips and and nuggets of information uh, that really really helped me early on in my career. But mostly it was the encouragement, you know, that he that he gave me. Much more on Paul James coming up later in the program as well. Um, so on to uh, other football topics. So Tanner Mangum, Zach Wilson, 
this this whole discussion. Here we go. So immediately after the game, the question becomes, okay, what should happen with Zach Wilson? So we've heard from Jeff Grimes and Kalani Sataki alluding to potential change, not saying we're going with Zach, but what do you think is going to happen this Saturday? Well, well, they opened it. So typically, I know they don't like us to talk about that, but they opened it up. Yes. You know, Jeff said he earned the right to compete for the job with his performance on the field. Notice he didn't say that after the McNeese game. Because he went into the McNeese game, he wasn't good. He looked like a freshman in that game. Um, he did not look like a freshman in the game last week. He looked like he had a greater command. And one, one thing I'll say about Zach is, is that he continues to work and get better every single solitary week. And so I think that the coaches have seen that. They're saying, you know what, it looks like he's getting better in practice. He's making better decisions. He's, you know, he's getting the ball out faster. Um, now they put him in, in a game, and people say – uh, well, that was against the second string. No, there were eight starters on Utah State's defense in the ball game on this drive. We counted them up last night on film. And so so all of a sudden, he looks like he's made uh, quite a leap in terms of his, his game, game play. And so I think it's right that Jeff says, you know what? We evaluate people. Every job is always open on the field. And if somebody's progressing in practice and you put them out on the field and what they've been doing in practice translates out onto the field, you have to say, okay, now, now we've got to take a look at this. That's all I think Jeff was saying was he's earned the right for us to say, hey, you know what? Maybe he's ready to get more playing time. Um, and so, so I think we'll see him in the game. Will he start? I don't, I don't know that they go with him as, as the starter, but, but maybe you get in the position do you remember when Sonny Lubick had multiple quarterbacks coming through that program back when Colorado State was ranked really highly? He he would take the freshman. Remember when he had Holland, but he had Bradley Van Pelt? Oh, as a yeah. Starter? Yep. He regularly played Holland every game when he was a freshman because he knew he was going to be the guy the next year, even though he had a really good quarterback and, and, and that was starting, to get him ready. And so when he started the next year, it wasn't like a new guy started. It was like, no, this guy can already play. And so so I wouldn't be surprised to see some of that this year is the value of the experience this year more important than getting an extra year um, for him and and planning to try to redshirt him? I personally think it, it would be. If you if the rest of the way you can get him in six games and he continues to progress, whether he ends up being the starter or not, it bodes really really well for BYU next year if he has that experience. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, currently discussing the Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson topic as the starting quarterback for BYU on Saturday night. And I, I'm with you, Blaine. I think Tanner Mangum will start. Uh, I think that they are very cautious with what he will do. BYU has been really slow out of the gate all season long. I think the coaches are looking for a spark that gets BYU some points early in the first quarter because that generally translates into a BYU win in the Kalani Satake era. So I don't know. Let's say Tanner Mangum goes out two drives, they stall, it's not good. I would not be shocked to see Zach Wilson coming at that moment. And, and they may even say, you know what, we've got to get him in the game at some point. Let's, let's pick a good time, whether Tanner's playing well or not. People forget that Jim McMahon played a lot when he was a sophomore and Mark Wilson was a junior. Now, Lavelle had a really difficult decision because it became very apparent by the end of that year that, whoa, this Jim McMahon guy is really good. But so's Mark. So what are you going to do? And I know that Jim, he and I have talked about it so many times. He was furious when Lavelle told, brought him in and said, you're going to redshirt. And so they redshirted him the next year after he had already played. But he then, Mar- then, 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 then Mark, yeah, then Mark ends up 
being first-team All-American and a first-round draft pick that year, his senior year. Jim redshirts and comes back, and the, his first year back from his redshirt, he breaks 70-some crazy <laughs> NCAA record. So Lavelle looked like a genius after that, right? But Jim was furious. And people forget that as a sophomore, he really played. And in Jim's mind, he, his thought was, and I remember him saying this to me, I'm better than that guy. Like, I proved it. Why am I not playing? Lavelle's like, well, you know. Just relax, youngin. And Lavelle had a way of calming people down. You notice Jim didn't transfer. Lavelle kept him in here. It just, and it all worked out tremendously well for BYU. Now, this is a little different situation because Tanner's gone next year. But I do think it's a really good idea to try to get Zach Wilson as much playing time as you can get him. And to me, the conversation boils down to what the offense has done, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 118th nationally with six point uh, six yards per attempt and bottom 30 in all the offensive stats. To, to me, it's like, okay, we, you can give Tanner Mangum one more chance, you know, uh, and, and perhaps you mix and match it as, as you deem fit. But the time for Zach Wilson to see sometime is now, whether he starts or not, because the offense just hasn't been good enough collectively. And now there's a stretch of games that aren't as hard as September. Right. But let's see Zach Wilson. Why not? It, and, and, it, and it's interesting because I, th- I think you were mentioned just a little bit ago, Spencer, that this is a whole team thing. It's, it's not on Tanner Mangum that they're not running the football well again in the last two games. And, and, and I, I hear people, I even see writers write things and I just watch the film and go, what are people talking about? Like this, this group up front is really, really young. And we've said all along, they're, they're really talented. Bunch of NFL guys in that two deep on the offensive line. But you're starting a bunch of freshmen and a sophomore and you only have a couple of veteran guys and they're running a different offense than they ran you know, last year. So, so there's going to be growing pains. When BYU struggled to run the ball, it's not because Austin Hoyt's getting beat one-on-one or Tristan Hodges. No, when they are on the guy they're supposed to be on, they're manhandling, just like they did against Wisconsin. Wisconsin plays vanilla. They're so good, that's what they do. Washington ran a bunch of twists, backer blitz, things like that. Um, you know, even McNeese did that. Utah State was more creative with what they did defensively. When BYU's getting stopped in the run game, it's because they're missing assignments up front. And there's no frame of reference for Pew to sit the guys down and say, hey, remember what Utah State's doing right now is what – New Mexico did last year against us. We, we got this. No, there's, there's none of that. Everything's a brand new experience for them. And so we have to have some patience with the offensive line. Next year, I think they'll be really good. The year after that, when all these freshmen are juniors and seniors, BYU will have a top five offensive line in the country two years from now. Then you'll do whatever you want to do. That's where it starts. Then you run the ball for six yards of carry like Wisconsin does. Then the pass game comes easier. So let's not put it all on Tanner Mangum. Now, Will Zach be more likely to try to push the ball upfield? He probably will, and that may help the offense some. It'll also help that the defenses they're playing, although I will say this, Northern Illinois next year's very next week is very good defensively. Hawaii's not quite as good as Utah State was defensively. But the schedule now moving forward, a couple of tough teams, but some teams not so good on defense. They'll, they'll get better, and every game is more experienced for that group up front, and they're going to get better. You know what? If you have Jamal Williams playing tailback and you miss a guy, so what? He'll make the first guy miss and then make you look good. Right now, we're not good enough at running back yet. Not we're healthy enough. for that. We're healthy because Squally hasn't been healthy for the last couple of games. We don't have the back or Taysom Hill at quarterback so that when things get messed up up front and somebody comes free, that you go, that's okay. We'll take care of one free player. We'll just make that guy miss. Well, that's not happening either. So too many negative plays. That's not on the quarterback. they got to get that buttoned up, and I think they'll just – 
get a little bit better every game assignment-wise up front. They're not getting physically manhandled. BYU does not lack enough team speed to play with these teams. The problems they've had have been assignment problems, and it's a young football team up front. Blaine, great stuff, man. We appreciate uh, the insights into Paul James, the quarterback situation, and uh, most recently the offensive line. Thanks so much. Okay, we'll see you tonight on uh, After Further Review. Coming up, we remember some of our favorite moments throughout Paul James' amazing career. And we go between the lines on a journey to the Y. Michaela Coulihan of BYU Women's Soccer with Lauren McLean. Hey, you know what? Can you just get him to four straight wins, Lauren? Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Do the dance. Do the dance. Do the dance. Do the dance. Yeah. Woo! Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. It's the latest in Cougar Sports with a social media twist. Watch it right now on BYU Sports Nation's Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. BYU Sports Nation continues right now with today's BYUSN headlines. Coach Kalani Satake of BYU Football in Monday's media availability said, quote, I'm open to everything as far as change if it will make us better. Which leads us to wonder, does that mean a change at quarterback? We'll see. Taysom Hill scored his first NFL regular season touchdown last night for the Saints on a record-breaking night for Drew Brees. He'll have five carries for 23 yards in the win. The new AVCA poll released yesterday. BYU women's volleyball remains number one. After beating San Diego in San Diego last Friday in four sets, the Cougars have wins over number two, number 15, number 19, and two other teams receiving votes. Ronnie Jones-Perry, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for a second straight week after putting up a match-high 23 kills in the win against the Toreros. And on a more somber note, the former voice of the Cougars, Paul James, passed away at his home at the age of 87 Saturday. James was the voice of BYU football and basketball for 36 years. It is our pleasure to welcome Lauren McLean back to... Studio B and onto the desk, Lauren with Between the Lines. Welcome, up, Lauren. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, it's uh, it's always a bright day when you're here, especially <laughs> when we're uh, bright pink or purple or fuchsia. Fuchsia. Oh, fuchsia? I, so I'd okay. like to say fuchsia. All right. What do you have for us today? Well, we uh, took a journey to the Y with Michaela Coolahan from the women's soccer team. She has three goals, four assists on the season so far. Her poison control in the midfield is unparalleled. She's She's definitely one of the best players on the team. So we wanted to get to know her a little bit better. She'd never hiked the Y before. Ah. So, my goodness, what better person to take her up there than myself? <laughs> so let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I'm with sophomore midfielder Michaela Coulihan from the women's soccer team, and this is her journey to the Y. You told me you've never hiked the Y before. I never have. Never wanted to, honestly. That's okay. We're going to make you a hiker today. Okay. So tell me, how did you get started in soccer? So I think I was about four years old, and I just started at the rec level. At what point were you or your parents like, okay, she's pretty legit at soccer? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> what were you like as a little kid? Tomboy, for sure. Really? I wanted to be just like my older brother, always. He called me his little shadow. Are you ready to hike the Y? I the guess first so. time? I guess so. Okay. Was you? See, these are things you've never experienced I know. before. So you went to Davis High School. 
Yep. Which is an hour north. Way farther this way. And you were kind of legit in high school. It was so fun. Like, we actually won through state three years in a row. So I was with my best friends. We had a super good coach. So it was super fun. In your senior year, you were Miss Utah Soccer. After you found out, kind of you got all these accolades, what was that like for you? You know, it's, it's fun to get accolades, but that's not even what makes it the most fun. Like I said, it's just the experience and living it up. And it was just the best time of my life. We gotta keep hiking. All right, let's, ready go. For this? let's go. We're gonna have a seat here on the bench. Perfect. We wanna get to know a little bit about your personality. Okay. Now, okay? <laughs> so we're gonna do a shootout with 10 questions. I'm gonna ask you 10 questions, see how fast you can answer them. All right. Here we go. Who is your soccer idol? Messi. What is one of your hidden talents? Golf. Which one of your teammates is the goofiest? Cam. Favorite meal? Pasta, maybe? Mm hmm. Favorite snack? Chips and salsa. Besides soccer, what's your favorite sport? Golf. Last show you binge watched? This is us. Which actress would play you in the movie of your life? Kristen Wiig. Favorite vacation spot? Hawaii. Last song you listened to? Drew Barrymore. I heard you go fishing with your teammates. So we did it um, in the summer, like around camps. Sabrina talked crap, said that she could catch a bigger fish than me, and none of us caught a fish. <laughs> Let's keep hiking. Okay. We love it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's take one more peek at this view. So what was your recruitment like from BYU when you were in high school? It started my ninth grade year. I narrowed my decision down to BYU and Utah. Then my sophomore year, I committed to BYU. And then um, into my senior year, I was like, do I really want to go to BYU? And I actually called Jen. It was right before my what would have been my official visit. Mm -hmm. She's like, just come to the official visit. Just at least do that. So then from there on out, and ever since, I've stuck with BYU and been so happy about it. You never turn back. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm hot. Let's keep walking. <laughs> I know. Please, I don't. Oh. Okay, so came to BYU. You kicked off your freshman season. It was going awesome. And then you get injured. What was that like for you? It was devastating. I tore, like, all the tendons in my ankle. Oh, my gosh. It was a major setback, but... I think I learned a lot during that time. So in the end, I'm grateful, although it was really hard. <laughs> we are almost to the Y. Here we are. We made it to the Y. You've accomplished your journey to the Y. First time. What are your goals here moving forward? Our biggest goal is to win a conference championship. So. And for you personally, what, what do you want to see from yourself? I want to help my team in all the ways that I can. I want to be setting my teammates up, helping on defense, just any ways that I can help. That's what I want to do. Look at that selfish attitude. I mean, <laughs> selfish. Let me start that word. Look at that <laughs> Well, that's awesome. We've accomplished your journey to the Y. Go Cougs. Go <laughs>
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, watch or listen to BYU Football with Kalani Satake. As host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, Dylan Colley, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. It's tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day as we remember the late, great BYU sports broadcaster Paul James. What will you always remember about the legend? Lamont DeYoung answers on Facebook. Growing up in the Northwest, sweet memories of KSL's clear channel voice broadcasting night games. You were our source. Thank you, Paul James. I've got a story about that in a sec. At Cougar Stats on Twitter, it was Paul James' passion for sports statistics in his broadcast, aided by Ralph Sokolowski, that helped me develop my own passion for them. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media. You know it. Hashtag BYUSN. Paul James. uh, Part of the reason I'm here today is because of Paul James. When I was a little kid uh, living outside of Utah, I moved to Utah when I was 11, you could hear KSL signal at night. In Vancouver, Washington, and I listened to the Copper Bowl the day I broke my collarbone. You know, I, I remember just sitting there being in a pain a little bit, but December 29th, 1994, listening to the Copper Bowl. You just, we all remember, right? If, if you're too young, you don't know, but you tune the radio dial into just right. And then it becomes clear, and you hear the voice of BYU football, Paul James. 50,000 watts from KSL well, signal. Once you heard Paul James' voice, you were in, man. It's like you were sitting front row. And that was exciting. And and when you hear Paul James' voice, that's an exciting moment because oh, it means me- BYU football or basketball. Immediately know. You're in the game, right? You're, you're, you're there, which is awesome. And if you're local and you go to the game, you, go, you listen to the pregame going in, you sit in traffic, but you enjoy the traffic with a postgame commentary. And then that dumb coaches show <laughs> where LaBelle would field calls from people. <laughs> like, I can't imagine that now. But Paul James, you know, put up with that and everything. I wanted to be the voice of the Cougars when I was little. And I still do at some point down the road whenever Greg's done. And Paul James was a part of that. I thought, I want to be that guy. And like Greg, I'm like, I can't be that guy, but I, I want to do my own version of that at some point someday, right? Um, he, he was on, uh, I think he visited Greg's show, Sports Night with Gregor Bell, at a local restaurant when I lived in West Jordan. And I went down and I, I took a little cassette tape recorder and I interviewed Paul James. I've got that cassette tape sitting in my garage right now and then, when I was a young student reporter at BYU TV, I wanted to do a story on, on Paul, so I went to his house, and uh, I described the, you know, earlier in the show the, the amount of, uh, of greenery I saw and the, the unbelievable paintings, and he gave me a bunch of like Christmas cards of his paintings, you know, and I, I thought, man, this guy is not just a play-by-play guy. He was, he was on forever, my gr- uh, KSL TV, too, as the sports anchor with, uh, was it Welty? And Norse oh, yeah. and the, James, like twenty six years together, incredible. So they were they were the team. Yes, he like he was BYU football and basketball. You know, you hear his voice, you're there. And so as soon as I heard the news yesterday, and it was Greg that actually texted me about it, uh, I was I became really sad. Sure, really yeah, sad. Absolutely. But uh, it's exciting to think you know Lavelle passed away two years ago, and here's Paul and the team's back together. Man. You know? At, uh, the thought of them together somewhere is... Uh, Laughing, telling yes. stories, fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, that, that imagery and that thought is, uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, the first time I met Paul James was when he was inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. And I was in my first semester with the BYU Daily News, 
as this student reporter hauling my camera around on my tripod. I really had no idea what I was doing, but I was assigned to cover the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And uh, I met a man named Ralph Zobel, who uh, was uh, in the same church congregation as me. And he said, hey, you need to meet Paul. I know you want to get into broadcasting. you got to meet him. And I just... the. I remember how genuine and warm and classy he was and how he was so attentive to me and listening to every word that I said. It wasn't, you meet some people and they're doing 20 other things. It was, as soon as he met me, it was all about the conversation that we were having. And I'm thinking, you just got inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. You're a legend. You're amazing. Why, why do you even care about me? But he, on his night, on his special night, he's sitting there just talking to me and listening to my aspirations. And I, I just was overwhelmed by how warm and genuine he was. And uh, it, I don't know. It was something I'll never forget. Um, you mentioned the Coach's Collins show. Oh, my goodness. How many of those did he have to sit through? <laughs> Not just with Lavelle Edwards, but with uh, Liddell Anderson and Stan what, Watts. Why'd you go for it on fourth Roger, down at yeah. Jones 13 with 240 left in the second? It's like, because uh, it's better field position. Oh, the great Lavelle and Paul. Hilarious. They were classy to handle that. Um, the one memory that I will never forget listening uh, to Paul James, I watched the Cotton Bowl, obviously, on January 1st, 1997, and felt amazing. But I went back and listened to the call as Paul James essentially said something to the effect of, Take that, Bull Alliance, when BYU was left out. And I thought, oh, what a great call. What a great call. Paul James. He'll the be, great Paul missed, James. Uh, yeah. And, uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll listen to some more of his moments in just, uh, just a few seconds. Coming up, it was a big night for quarterbacks in the Big Easy. That's all in the whip. We loved it so much that we're going to play for you three of the most iconic moments in BYU sports history with the voice of the great Paul James. Notre Dame putting full-court pressure in backcourt with three men in backcourt. The freshman, Timo Sarolainen, will inbound the pass. He will get it into Ainge. Paxson is on Ainge. Ainge still in backcourt, dribbling behind his back. Ainge comes down, goes all the way in, puts it in! BYU wins! The ball at the 14-yard line. 31 seconds to go. It is first and 10, BYU. Hamilton and Stinnett in the backfield. The give is to Stinnett. A pass back to Steve Young. Young at the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! A trick play! It is third down and three at the 13. Bosco again, back to pass. Stands in the pocket. He's in trouble. A flag goes down. Bosco throws into the end zone. Touchdown to Kelly Smith, but there's a flag down. Kelly Smith caught a TD pass, but there's a flag down on the far side of the field. It is being rolled, a touchdown, Kelly Smith. Shout out to today's guests, Greg Rubel, Blaine Fowler, and Lauren McLean. If you missed any of the show, we remembered the great Paul James. Download the podcast or go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Yes, Dan, in reference to a potential changeup at quarterback, head coach Kalani Stock told the media, I'm open to everything as far as change if it will make us better. 
BYU safety Chaz Ayu tweeted out that he has returned home early from his mission due to health concerns. Ayu is a part of the 2017 BYU football recruiting class. We welcome Cougars him home. in the NFL. He did play last season. Taysom Mill had five carries for 23 yards and scored his first career touchdown in the NFL with a one-yard rush. Saints beat the Washington Redskins last night, 43-19. Volleyball. The new ABCA poll out, and BYU women's volleyball still number one after beating San Diego last Friday. Ronnie Jones-Perry, West Coast Conference Player of the Week for a second straight week and third time in 2018 after 23 kills in that win over the Toreros. Cross country. Senior Clayton Young and sophomore Kate Hunter are the National Athletes of the Week from the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. First time ever. How cool is that? BYU men's... BYU men's golf finished the first day of competition in first place at the Jerry Pate National Intercollegiate Monday. Carson Lundell and Peter Quest both finished in the top five at two under to put BYU on top after two rounds. Jimmer! Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks are state signists. They face the Houston Rockets in Houston in NBA preseason play tonight. It's Jimmer's next, ch- next chance to shine and impress the NBA guys. Okay. <laughs> Today's rise and shout fittingly goes to... The great Paul James. Another Paul James story. So for some reason, Paul James and the radio crew, he wasn't at the Miracle Bowl, the 1980 Holiday Bowl. He was with the basketball team. So Paul told him the story where they're in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, and BYU just beat Illinois earlier that night. Paul is listening either to the radio or a phone of the game and relaying it to the entire basketball team in a hotel room, including Danny Ainge. And as they're coming back, someone questions Paul's like, you better be telling the truth. You better not be lying, man. He's like, it's true. And then when the touchdown was caught, he was doing play-by-play from the play-by-play to them, to Danny Ainge in this hotel room in Knoxville, Tennessee on December 19th, 1980. I love that story. Outstanding stuff. What will you always remember about BYU legend Paul James at DeYoung1993 on Twitter? I'll always remember that not even a heart attack could keep him from broadcasting the BYU-Utah game. He, would he had not one leave. in the he would wax- not leave the game. Yes, right. And in the WAC championship game, the week, you know, two weeks before or whatever, or it was the next week, you know, it was like, what's going on? Like triple bypass stuff. Yeah. Paul James, man. What a soldier. Dedicated to the craft. Our Jeez. elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at the Brentar 14 on Twitter. Growing up in California, trying to tune into BYU football and basketball games on the radio, you'd have to tweak the dial and position the radio just so when we heard Paul James' voice, we knew we had it right. And we had it good. We really did. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to the entire Paul James family. Go Cougs.